Indeed, all praise, absolutely all praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first and the last. The all-knowing, the all-seeing, the all-aware. Salawat and salam be upon his final prophet and messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Our role model, our teacher, our prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And upon his pure family, noble companions, and every true believer until the very last day. Today happens to be 7th of Rajab. 1445. It is one of those four holy months that we have in a calendar year. And it is indeed the month that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attributed to himself. Rajabu Shahrullah. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of his divine, ample divine grace and mercy, he honored his final prophet and messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with arguably the greatest miracle of them all in his lifetime. By taking him from his house, from his bed literally, while he was asleep in Mecca. And that was very close to the holy Kaaba. His house used to be very close to the Kaaba. All the way to Jerusalem to the furthest masjid, as the Qur'an describes it. From the holy masjid in Mecca to the furthest masjid in Jerusalem, Masjid Al-Aqsa. The surroundings of which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala truly blessed with many different kinds of blessings. And all of that happened so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may show his final prophet and messenger some of the greatest signs that a human being would ever witness in their lifetime. And in that is true glory. And later on, when the Prophet ﷺ would recall this event, this happening, this extraordinary chapter of his life, he would actually say that each and every believer can attain to that level of ascension, which means Mi'raj. The night journey from Mecca to Jerusalem was the night journey from Mecca to Jerusalem. It's called Al-Isra, traveling at night, it means that in Arabic. But what unfolded, what happened after that was true spiritual ascension through the heavens towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <clears throat> and that's exactly what we are trying to do. So he described what Allah revealed to him and ordained to him and the rest of us on that special night, during the miraculous night journey, which is the obligation of five daily prayers as ascension for each and every believer. As-salatu mi'arajul mu'min, he used to say. Of course, over the years, I've been narrating to you what it is that the Prophet ﷺ was shown during this journey. <clears throat> Indeed, many things. And many things which are very useful and beneficial, and we can still relate to them and take many lessons from it. But today, I wanted to share a different lesson with you from it. You, I don't know, you may contemplate 
in this month of Rajab. There's three weeks left. Ramadan is just around the corner. Our messenger specially prayed for the Barakah in this month. And Allah mentioned this night, miraculous night journey happening in Rajab. And then he mentioned Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa Alladhi Barakna Hawla. The notion of blessing or Barakah is mentioned in relation to the miraculous night journey. And you may question me now, <clears throat> but Sheikh, I want Barakah and I don't see Barakah in my life, in my job, in my career, in my family, in my progeny, in my intellect, whatever it is that you are complaining about and in a way see the lack of Barakah or blessing. I would say the real lesson from the event of Al-Isra Wal-Mi'raj is this. If each and every one of us were not to miss a single prayer of the five daily prayers until the month of Ramadan, you will be on your own Mi'raj, I guarantee you. And if you manage to couple that with another point from Al-Isra Wal-Mi'raj, which is to stay away from major sins, Al-Kabair, just stay away from major sins during the month of Rajab and Sha'ban and reach the month of Ramadan in that manner you would have had the best preparation for Ramadan and you would be ascending really high spiritually just do that so what I wanted actually to say in today's khutbah is a hadith about what I see sowing a seed, beginning somewhere in our guest, in our preparation for Ramadan. And also in our preparation, but real and concrete preparation for our ultimate meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who guarantees any one of us that we are going to stand up at night in prayers this Ramadan? Or that we are going to accomplish just one day of fasting of this Ramadan? We don't know if we would be alive. We just don't know. But we have to begin somewhere. So this month, what we can talk about also is not just the event of Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj and how Rajab is the month of Allah. We can actually talk about sowing the seed and beginning somewhere. And by that I just want to explain one hadith that Imam al-Bukhari recorded in his Sahih. It's an extraordinary hadith in my opinion. Around the new year I didn't fancy it because there were too many children around. But now I can see some but not too many. And I hope we can all relate to it and understand it properly. Did I not say several weeks ago, when we were describing the true character of our beloved Prophet وسلم, that he always looked at other people, that they are actually dignified, honorable, and also each and every one of them has a great potential to become even better, even better. Right? The seed is in each and every one of us already. So by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Each and every one of us needs to irrigate the seed. Like we need to do some work in Rajab and Sha'ban. And then in Ramadan, Allah will also help us even more so. And we will feel the growth. 
that we are actually somewhat, somewhat flourishing and expanding and like I said ascending insha'Allah with Allah's help and grace ascending na'ruj ta'ala spiritually emotionally physically in every way and form possible so this is how you can nurture the seed in someone Abu Huraira narrates عن أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال قال رجل لا أتصدق بصدقة Abu Huraira narrates that he heard the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم say that a man from previous nations said he made an oath I am going to give some money in charity like I'm going to do a charitable deed فخرج بصدقته فرأى سارقا فوضعها بيده he went out with the money that he intended to give in charity and he came across a thief a thief and he put it in the thief's hands فأصبح الناس يتحدثون وضع صدقته like people began talking this we thought knowledgeable and pious man made this oath to give in charity and he goes out and finds a thief and gives it to a thief what what's going on so they began talking slandering backbiting indulging themselves in vain talk Mm. And the man was trying to do a good deed. Sadaq. His core of taqwa, piety. Lil. And they were puzzled. But he didn't pay much attention to their backbiting and slander. He said, He made another oath. Again, I'm going to give more in charity. So he went the next day with some more money, wealth to give in charity. He came out and he saw unchaste lady. Lady who is willing to sell her body for some profit. And he felt pity on her and he put this bit of charity, next charity in her hand. He gave it to her. People began talking even more so. Look what he did now. He found a lady that is not really necessarily chaste. Let's not go into the reasons why she had to go that way. But she isn't. We know she isn't chaste. And he gave that money to her. How come? He ignored them again. And then he made another oath. I'll give more in charity. And the next day, he went out with more charity. And he came across a wealthy man, a rich man. And he insisted on giving that bit of charity that he intended to give to him, and he put it in his hand. People again started talking. How come? 
Are we not supposed to give charity to poor and needy and vulnerable people? How come he gave it to a wealthy person? So they brought him to a gathering and they asked him, why did you do so? Please explain yourself. And then he went on to say his famous saying. He said, I made intention to give in charity and I prayed to Allah to inspire him inspire me to give it to the best source and when he saw a thief he said of all people I noticed and I saw he was the most deserving in my opinion because I pray to Allah that maybe due to this little bit of charity this money that I will give him it will prevent him from stealing anymore he might change his life for good and he did so because of the sincerity of his intention. The thief didn't steal anymore. He re realized that he can earn his money in a halal way. He's got two hands, eyes, ears, etc. All of you are highly educated here. You can all earn money, I'm sure. Enough. Maybe more than enough for you and your family. So that's why he said, and then, what about the lady? He said, again, I contemplated deeply, even deeper so. And I started to think of the underlying reasons why someone would be pushed to do that. To sell their deen and morality for wealth. Material things that mean nothing. Which one of us is going to sell their dignity for some bit of wealth? A house or a car? Which car deserves your dignity and honor and chastity? No car, not even a flying car, no car, no airplane, nothing. It's God gift to you and you keep it, you preserve it, you honor it. So he thought about it and he said, I'll give her this money and inshallah she will not be pushed that way anymore. And she salvaged herself. That's all she needed to start a new life. And they said, okay, fine, we understand that. How come you give it to a wealthy person? <laughs> this one is the biggest one, I'm telling you. It's probably the hardest lesson of all of these. He said, I pray to Allah, again to inspire me to give it to someone. And that charity will probably cause greater good. So I realized it is those who have the surplus among us. Surplus means more than what you need that can make a big change, that can make difference, as English people say. So if you and I were to give to someone who is blinded by miserliness or stinginess or greed, let's call it greed, or who is blinded by status or fame or amusement or riches, whatever, if you were to give him just a little bit of sadaqah and humble that person, humble them, ground them like on the soil, step on the clay, you are made of clay. You're not gold. He said maybe he will come to realize that Allah entrusted a lot of wealth on him, but it's not his and he will begin to discharge the duty of zakat and sadaqah and ihsan and so on and so forth. 
And he actually did, as we understand. That wealthy person was humbled by that act of, small act of kindness, by this pious and knowledgeable man. And he started looking after many others that he could out of numerous blessings that Allah bestowed upon him. So this is, my brothers and sisters, all about how do you ignite that seed which is already in you and I? How do you make a move? <clears throat> how do you move it and then work on it? There's always a way. There's always a way and this is an opportunity. We have just entered week in, yeah? into a special season of worship that's leading to a great season of worship. We are about to receive and welcome the most honorable and dearest guest to each and every one of us, which is the blessed month of Ramadan, the Holy Quran and the rest of it. So I really and truly pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, maybe we feel we are one of the three categories that are mentioned in this hadith. We could be, but we might be the guy who was realizing how to make a move and how to begin this process of reformation and spiritual upliftment. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us always towards that and what's best. And I also pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us and to overlook our mistakes and shortcomings. And I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala indeed that he brings true barakah and blessing, especially to the holy land of Palestine, our brothers and sisters there and its surroundings, but all Muslim brothers and sisters worldwide. Indeed, we see different and difficult times before us, but I still have hope. I don't see World War III unfolding, but I was really and utterly disappointed by a chief NATO who gave an interview the other day warning people who live in the West, who are under NATO's protection, to be prepared for some kind of conscription or whatever. But we are always ready and prepared to meet our Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we don't take anything for granted, but we are ever grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for every blessing, blessing of life, blessing of iman, but of course the blessing of peace and security and stability, and it is indeed a great one, no doubt about it. So of course, my final prayer at this moment in time is for the world peace. I want Muslim and non-Muslim alike to think of peace and bringing peace and tolerance and prosperity into our communities rather than destruction and war and fighting and conflict and I would rather that we might buy more books and read and study than make more weapons. I don't know, ballistic missiles, whatever they call them, nukes, this and that, what a nonsense. I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we all turn towards the right direction and rely on Allah and know that Allah is in charge of everybody's life and well-being and that we pray to him and rely on him and have the best of preparations for the coming Ramadan. أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله العظيم لي ولكم فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم بارك الله لك